Good morning church, my name is John and I've been around for a long time but I've been tucked away since Easter this year. I retired at Easter this year as one of the pastors here but today I have the privilege to open up God's word with us. For your information, Pastor Adam is on holidays with his whole extended family and he has a very well-deserved break in many of our opinions because Adam has done a sterling job as he has taken on the reins of lead pastor since my retirement. And when you look at and hear the stats that were just mentioned to us in the announcement section, we can see how God continues to bless us as a church. And a lot of the... the um, the, the blessing we received is through the dedicated leadership of the team that we have here at BPCC and it is just such a privilege for us as a church family to have such a dedicated team leading us as we go into the new year. So, Adam's away with his extended family in Canada where he will be snow skiing later on this afternoon, our afternoon, their morning I understand, and they're there for three weeks, so it's just lovely that he can be away. And I'm here this morning. You know what? I wish I, wish I had received a dollar for every time I said from this pulpit, now that, that spans a time of 21 plus years, A dollar for every time I told you that I was born and raised in Sheffield, Tasmania. I wish I got a dollar because number one, I'd get another dollar. But secondly, I'd be able to mention again how very blessed my childhood was. Growing up in a small town, surrounded by farms, country living, my mum and dad were the, were the town bakers, the local bakers. And, and in, 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 in that day, back then when I was growing up, bread was delivered. We did have a shop at the front of the house in the main street of Sheffield, but we also had bread vendors and they would go from house to house delivering bread. And it seems to me that everybody knew everybody in Sheffield. And even in all of the farms, everybody knew everybody. I do not remember ever locking the door of our house when we went away. It just wasn't done. When the vendors would deliver bread, whether it was in the town or out on the farms, they would just walk up the back path, call out, Baker, open the door, walk in, put the bread down and walk out, close the door. Most people would leave their car keys in the ignition when they came into town to do their shopping. Sheffield was just such a safe place to grow up. But on Sundays, my brother, my sister, myself, my mum and my dad and my grandmother, who lived with us, mum's mum, we would go to Devonport. Devonport was 20 miles away from Sheffield. So we would drive there in the morning and in the evening to attend church there. Now there were plenty of churches in Sheffield, but mum and dad wanted to attend the Reformed Church in Devonport because there were a lot of Dutch migrants like them 
who, who worshipped there. And that was sort of their network of social friends. So we would go to Sheffield twice, to, from Sheffield to Devonport twice to go to church. After the morning service in Devonport Church, we would go to someone's house for coffee. It was just a done thing. Or some people, some family, would come to our place in Sheffield for coffee and because they'd driven all that way, they usually stayed for lunch as well. And I remember that so clearly, fond memories. But after dinner, after lunch, Eddie, Inika and I, my brother and my sister and I, we had to go to the Sheffield Gospel Hall Sunday School service every Sunday. Now, I hope you're counting how many times I had to go to church on a Sunday. Two times to church, one time to a full Gospel Hall Sunday school service that went for over an hour. But you know, I do not recall ever resenting that fact that we had this huge dose of regular religious education placed on us. I didn't resent it. In fact, I found comfort in the constant reminder that I received that God is in control of life. I've always had that, that, that childlike assurance that God is in control of life. Sure, there were times that I had doubts. There have been times that I've had unanswered questions and I still have unanswered questions. But I am so thankful being at the place that I am in my life when I look back at the upbringing that I had. And both my brother and my sister say the same thing. Now my clearest memory from my time attending the Gospel Hall Sunday School in Sheffield was memorising my very first Bible verse. Do you remember the very first Bible verse you ever remembered? I do. In fact, it's one of the few Bible verses I do remember. And the reason I remember it is because even though I didn't really understand what it meant when I first learnt it, as I got older, I understood more fully what this Bible verse means. And right up until today, this Bible verse's meaning and significance impacts me and grows my confidence in my Christian faith. The deeper I look into this verse, the more amazed I am at God's grace, at God's love and God's sovereignty, at just how big God is. And the very first Bible verse that I learnt was John 1.1, the first verse of the five verses we're going to look at this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is how... John starts his account of Jesus' life on earth and his work on earth. Now most of you know that there are four accounts in the Bible of Jesus' life when he was on earth. Hey, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And each of these four writers emphasise a different aspect of Jesus' life. Matthew He emphasises Jesus' kingship, his kingship. Mark, 
he emphasises Jesus' servanthood. I did not come to, to, to be served, but I came to serve. Luke, he who was a medical doctor, emphasises Jesus' humanity. And then John, who we're looking at from, this, from now in this message, emphasises Jesus' Godhead, his sovereignty, his place in the universe, his place in our lives. John stresses the importance of Jesus. And I think that's why I've always remembered this opening verse in John's account of Jesus' life. I want to read with you now all of the five verses that make up this first little pericope, this first little chunk of John's Gospel on Jesus' life. Have a look at the screen. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now, if you're looking in your hardbound copy of the Bible or on your iPhone, your, your app, your Bible app, you'll probably see that the, the prologue to John's introduction of Jesus' life is actually 18 verses long. But this morning we're only going to look at five. And these 18 verses, though, that we will look at right up until Christmas and including Christmas, we are doing so that we prepare our hearts for what Christmas is all about. And I truly am thankful that I have an opportunity to start this little sermon series that that Ben and I will tag team with leading up to Christmas and including Christmas. And we're calling this series Heaven Meets Earth. So, let me get straight into what John writes, okay? He says, in the beginning... In the beginning was the Word. Let me just go back. In the beginning. John begins with the very same words that the very first book of the Bible starts with. Now we know that the first book of the Bible is Genesis. And Genesis 1 verse 1 also says, In the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So when we go back to our text, in the beginning, we see how John brings us back, the readers back to starting from where their, their origin is. In the beginning, God created. And now he starts Jesus' life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, John writes, his account of Jesus' life in the New Testament in Greek. The New Testament was originally written in what's known as Koine Greek, which is the common Greek of Jesus' day. The Old Testament is written predominantly in Hebrew and some Aramaic, but the New Testament was in Greek. And the word that we translate as beginning 
in the beginning is actually the word origin. In the origin. And this is important for us to realise. In the beginning, John writes, talking about Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, have a look at the screen. This word, word, this word, word, that's right, look at the screen. This word, word, refers to Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, when everything was created, was Jesus. And Jesus, the Word, was with God. So John starts his account of Jesus' earthly life by telling us that Jesus was with God from the beginning, from the origin of creation. Jesus is not a Christmas invention. God did not create and send Jesus at Christmas time. Jesus is not a New Testament addition. Jesus, the Son of God, has been with the Father from the origin of creation and of all time. Let me share with you something that I wrestle with about the way that we regard Christmas in our culture, even in our Christian culture. We so easy think of baby Jesus, you know, born in a manger, meek and mild, never cried, as a fairy tale. It's so easy to think of Jesus, the Christmas child, as as one thinks of, of Santa and reindeers and elves. Most of our neighbours consider Christmas and baby Jesus just like they do Easter and bunny rabbits hiding chocolate eggs to be found by kids and tooth fairies. They're all just sort of make-believe fairy tales that are lovely traditions to celebrate. But listen to what John says about this Jesus who came to earth at Christmas time, which we remember every year to take away the sin of the world. Look at the screen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was with God from the very beginning who came into the world in human form to become the Jesus of history so that the glory and the grace of God might be seen and experienced. I want us to see this morning, friends, I want us to see how this verse increases my and your awe and awareness and majesty and significance and bigness of God. Jesus makes God knowable. God can now be known personally. Because we can look to Jesus. 
And that's why the four accounts of Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John are just so valuable to us and so important to us. Through reading them and getting to know what the Holy Scriptures say about Jesus, we're able to know about God. And in John's account of Jesus' life, we grow deeper into knowing and experiencing God. So, understand this. The baby Jesus, whose birth we remember and celebrate at Christmas, has been with God and was God from the beginning of creation. Jesus was with God when creation happened. Genesis 1.1, let me say it again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, how did God create everything? Is that me? When God created the world, when God created the universe, how did he do it? He did it by speaking with a word. He spoke everything into existence. And then we read, if we, in Genesis 1, when, when we have, where we have the account of creation, we read in verse 26, then God said, now don't go any further, When God said, you can look at the screen and follow me here. When God said, said to who? Said to Jesus. When God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Together with the Holy Spirit, God the Father and God the Son worked together to create the universe, making humanity, you and I, making us responsible to rule and care for his creation. This is known as the creation ordinance. This is the cultural mandate. This is why John starts his account of Jesus' life on earth where he stresses that Jesus has been with God for all of the time that time has been. It's important to understand. So let me read this again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So I hope, friends, you can see how how deep these truths about Jesus and about Christmas are. 
the word, the word that spoke creation into being is with us. He's come to earth. God reveals himself through Jesus. He reveals his love. He reveals his plans. He reveals his purposes for your life, for my life, for his world. That's what John is saying in these words. And the word was God. John wants us to see the deeds and the words of Jesus as the deeds and the words of God. In fact, in fact John says a little later in, in chapter 14 of, of his account of Jesus' life, If you have seen me, this is Jesus speaking, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And there are other places in in God's word where we read the same thing, that, that we see God in Jesus. There are a few references. Now this scripture, this Christmas, I mean, as you as you you know, gear up, get all your shopping done and your food bought and whatever else you've still got to do, understand, understand, friends, capture this truth that the Christmas child has been in existence for all of time, creating the universe. I want us to let that sink into our soul. I want us to to all really know that. When we think of baby Jesus, we are to think big. Because when we go through life, the life that you are living, the life that I am living, the life that we are living, there are times when it's just jolly hard. There are times in life when it doesn't make sense. People die and we think, why does that have to happen? People get sick, there are car accidents, there are terrible things that happen. How come? Friends, we need help. So think about how intimately Jesus knows you and me. He created us with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He created us. He he created us in his image. He knows us intimately. He knows what we're going through when we have those moments of despair. You and I and everyone else, we've been created by him. And his word says that you and I and everybody have a purpose. And his word says, every one of us, we have a free will to submit to him. To submit to his rule in our lives. To submit to his purpose for our lives. We are free to go to him for help and for wisdom and for insight and for truth. Who doesn't want that? We all want life to work properly, don't we? We all want life to work for us. You want your life to count, don't you? You want your life to go right for you, don't you? Mum and Dad, when your children were born, there was nothing more important to you than making sure that your little child was going to get the best of everything that you were able to provide for them so that their lives would be successful. Well, for us to do life successful, we need to listen to the word 
that's what John is wanting us to understand and do in these few verses. Look at the last little bit of this, this little bit we're looking at today. In him, in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. For many, the truth of Jesus, the truth of Christmas, has led them to know the saving power of God, about his grace, about his his majesty all through Jesus. It's like a light bulb has gone on. You know, now I see. My eyes were once dim. I could not see. But now, now I do. Maybe this will help us understand. I'm sure that you've all heard of this guy, Henry Ford. Henry Ford, who started Ford Motor Company. He, um, he used the assembly line to manufacture his cars and has be, be, he became very, very wealthy. He had a friend whose name was Charles Steinmetz. This Charles was a brilliant mathematician. He was an electrical engineer and he was also an inventor. And history confirms there was a time in in the factory, the Ford factory, when the the whole assembly line just stopped working. And Henry's men couldn't fix it. So Henry Ford called Steinmetz to come and see if he could help. And Steinmetz's intimate knowledge and understanding of electrical engineering allowed him to both identify and fix the problem. And a few days later... Henry Ford receives a bill from Steinmetz for $10,000. Now, back then, that's a lot of money. And Ford wrote back to Steinmetz, Charlie, don't you think your bill is a little high for just a bit of tinkering? And Steinmetz sent back a revised bill. Tinkering, $10. Knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Now listen, in the same way, this Christmas child, who for so many is just a fairy tale, this Christmas child, who came from heaven, who was eternally with God at the time of creation, in whose image we've all been created, he too knows where the tinkering needs to be done in our lives to keep us in perfect running order. He shines in the darkness. His truth is revealed to us. His light shines. His light shines in the darkness, wrote John, but the darkness has not understood it. So where do you stand on this? Do you agree with John's statement that Jesus, the the baby who was born at Christmas time, the, the event that stops the whole world every year, 
Christmas is celebrated all around the globe. Do you believe that he is the word? That he is the creator, this this Christmas child? That he is co-equal with God? Lives change when the full significance of John's opening verses to his account of Jesus' life are understood. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, forever with him in being, came from heaven in the form of a tiny baby. And he lived on earth and took on the form of a humble man. And he transformed the spiritual practices of God's people. He lived a perfect life, all revealed in the four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. They all give his life picture, claiming that Jesus came to die for our sin, for the sin of the world. And they tell us that all who believe in him He promises eternal life. He promises forgiveness of sin. He promises purpose for living and strength to make a difference for him until he either calls us home or returns to make all things new on our earth. Do you believe this? Is your view of Jesus getting bigger? Do you believe he is the light that every one of us needs? Or is he more of a fairy tale tradition that's just cute? Let me finish by reminding us all of this truth. When we look around our globe, when we look around our world, we inevitably see poverty, and greed, and corruption, and disease. There is brokenness all around us. We live in a world where there is a cosmic spiritual battle raging. We have a spiritual enemy who does not want us to see the light that's come into the world and split our time from BC to AD at Christmas time. Yet this is the event that we celebrate at Christmas. So friends, the light has come into the world for us to come to and accept and be transformed by. So as we get ready for Christmas, as we do that last minute shopping and food prep and whatever else, how about we reach out, those of us that believe this, we reach out to our friends who are not convinced and invite them to come to one of our Christmas services so they too can hear the transforming life message of why we celebrate Christmas. Who knows what God will do? All we have to do is invite them. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray that our our understanding and knowledge of God, of Christmas, of Jesus gets bigger and then we have the courage to invite our friends to come and hear this truth about God's sovereignty, God's grace. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the four accounts that we have of Jesus' life. We thank you, Lord, now having heard perhaps afresh the, the importance of understanding John's point when he said that when Jesus came to earth at Christmas time in the form of a baby, he was already with the created fa- creating Father. And together with the Holy Spirit in their, in their trinity, in their Godhead, they created the world that we live in. But sin, Father, has corrupted it. So, Father, you with your Son and Spirit sent Jesus in the form of a baby to live, to die for our sins so that we could be reconnected with our Creator Father. So, Lord, as we get ready for Christmas, help us to understand its true significance and give us the courage to invite those friends, those family members that we love and care for to come and hear this transforming truth of your love and grace, freely given to all. So, Jesus, thank you for this time. Keep us safe. We look forward to hearing more of John's introduction to his letter about the life of Jesus on earth next Sunday. We pray this in your name. Amen. We're going to do that in song now. Declare that we will go and tell others that Jesus is here. Let's stand and sing.